0: Zelda Informer Podcast
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast My name is Adam, as always, thank you so much for joining us Uh, That opening theme song was brought to you by Brandon and Company And this week's closing theme, as always, is brought to you by Jisha Does the Hero of Time Remix You can check out his YouTube channel and his Twitter down below and thank you to everyone who submitted their fan topics this week. If you have any of your own topics, theme song submissions covered, or anything like that you'd like to contribute to the episodes, feel free to send this to us at Zelda Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's Zelda at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter, which is down below for your convenience. Uh, before we get into who's on this week, let's talk about what happened this past week. <laughs> This week, Nintendo brought new information directly to you, Twilight Princess cleared the air and its textures, and Coleco made headlines with the recent scandal. Once again, my name is Adam. Thank you so much for joining us. This week, I'm happily joined by...
0: It's your grumpy old grump pants, grumpy grumpers. Excuse me. I mean, it's Chris. How are you guys doing? Welcome. <laughs> I'm back for my almost consecutive week, um, except for last week I wasn't. What's up? That's
1: almost how consecutiveness works.
0: It, almost. Yeah. Almost.
2: Hey, what's going on? It's me again. Whoa, whoa.
1: That's not really a name, but thank you, Colin.
2: You you know from the lovely sound of my voice who it is. <laughs> and last but not least. Hello, I am
3: Matthew. The internet pseudonym I go by is not appropriate for this podcast, so uh you can just call me TSL. Uh, I used to <laughs> is that write what I think for stands Zelda. For? For uh Last word Lord. Yes, that is okay, me. Okay then, it is exactly. it <laughs> is. <I'm talking> <laughs> uh, I used to used to write for Zelda Informer and formerly the Amnesia, which is no longer part of this like inner circle, is it?
1: Yeah, no, it's it's the the two sites have parted ways. Like lovers we had to break up our friends, like divide that's, them. All that's, right, this, who this is a
3: shame? is? Well, I'm Sorry, what? That is a shame.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it happens, you know, we move on. I'll miss Jeff. Anyway. <laughs> uh so we're recording this on Tuesday because uh Wednesday is my birthday. Uh not making a big deal out of it. Um and just throwing that in there. This is the well yeah. no, I wanna explain why that this is gonna be kinda of dated. More dated than usual. Um so if we miss something that happened amazingly on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday Oopsie Oops. poopsie. But we've got <laughs> yeah. some cool stuff to talk about this week. We have some...
2: Yeah, we still we still do have plenty of things we have to talk about. Twilight
1: Princess HD. We have a Nintendo Direct. We have uh, some new stuff about... We, we got this whole Coleco thing that I want to talk about. really want to talk about.
2: <laughs> I really want to talk about uh, it too.
1: And we have some uh, comparisons to talk about. We can talk about what, what it was like back before this era of the podcast and what it's like now. So I think this will be a fun episode. Thank you so much for joining us sure. again, guys. Sure. Uh, you want to talk about what you guys have been playing this past week? Just kind of get the thing, the ball rolling.
2: I mean, I guess the majority of us have been playing Twilight Princess HD. That's right. Most people have been playing that game.
0: I that is a and lie. I have not been. I can I? What have you been playing? So, with all the stress that my Chris. life is, I decided to take like two hours off, uh, like two nights ago, at like what three a.m. Mm-hmm. and play Mario Kart DS with all my friends. <laughs>
2: and uh, it was very fun and frustrating too. Great. <laughs> i'm pr- i'm proud of you thanks so i know for a fact that matt and i have been playing a- TPHD. actually oh my god <laughs> really
3: you're the only one <laughs> <Really>? <laughs>
1: you want to know what's funny matt like we're both in the same what? boat because like i had a friend who literally flew down from pennsylvania and stayed with me for two days and he brought us a wii u and copy of twilight princess hd and we were going to play it but then my friend Will, who does the D&D streams with me, you can check this out on Fridays, not this week, because we, we're taking a break. Um, Will is uh, Will barged in to my apartment lovingly, because I invited him over, and he's like, let's play X-Wing minifigs. And I was like, that sounds like it's going to be hard and not fun, and now I'm addicted. So, thanks, Wallet. <laughs> so expensive so i
2: was the only one to play TPH. pretty much i mean i I watched people play and i've heard
1: a lot of things from a lot of people that played it
2: um i might as well speak my opinions of it i actually almost got to play it a day early but uh the basically what happened was i pre-ordered at best buy because best buy is the best buy and They actually said it was ready to pick up like a whole day before the game actually came out. Oh wow! But then, then they were like, "No, it's not here," which is weird (laughs) because Best Buy actually breaks street date a lot on games. Best Buy is
1: like that one kid in class that always breaks the rules, and like no one ever really gets him in trouble
2: for it. Yeah, like like, I got the principal. I got Ground Zeroes and um, EDF four point one like a full week before they were both released. So. It, wow they're very odd but um friday i did pick it up mm-hmm. and then over the weekend i did sit down and play it and what i have to say is for anyone who complained that it doesn't look much different from the gamecube or wii original you're so wrong it oh, looks yeah, so no, much it's, better it's, it looks fantastic it it looks completely different from the original um nintendo direct trailers it's crazy that they showed
1: from what i've seen and from what people have told me that have played it uh, in I know... fact
2: you can go to my twitter and i've uh, posted comparison yeah. shots actually between...
1: uh we'll put that link down below
2: yeah we'll put the link below yeah, and if you don't it's, if you don't uh... follow
1: colin on twitter already like what are you doing with your life um yeah exactly you saving put... yourself
2: see me Thank see you, me Chris. complain about <laughs> window sounds uh, yeah, that was
1: weird you're gonna have to explain that one to me i, I really do want to hear about that because that was weird oh okay um, i will maybe later yeah, no, but it's, the it's end. nuts but, the uh... reception for twilight princess he has been so overwhelmingly positive and yeah, it's because
2: it's. I mean, the thing about Twilight Princess is that in it's it's always been my personal favorite 3D Zelda game because there's not really much wrong with it. It's there's a lot of things to like about it. The art direction is great. The gameplay is fantastic. Uh, it's not aged at all. There's there's nothing really holding it back. Granted, playing it again and this little weird. Going through uh, Link and his Animal Friends segments, but (laughs) it's still a really good game. Link and the Fur Um, Horse. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, when you're just going through near the beginning and it's like a squirrel just starts talking to you, I'm like, oh, Christ, this again. (laughs) But, um, overall it's fine. I do have a few nitpicks, though. Uh, the first one is motion controls, and not what everyone thinks of, and that is there is some like forced uh gamepad motion control stuff that you can ignore if you choose to. Um, but really, I think the the biggest issue for me is that total uh exemption of anything Wii related. Uh, the mirrored like levels are not there. You can only play it as if it's the GameCube version. There's not even Wiimote uh, compatibility. Oh, that's
1: weird.
3: Well, you, you, you can only play it played the mirrored version in hero mode. The entire
1: world oh, is still mirrored I mean, just... in hero mode. Oh, they just like moved it.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Oh, they so they bulk mir- well, is the thing that threw me off is that when you start the game it just goes uh gamepad or pro control. You can't play with the Wii mode. Yeah.
3: Oh. you can't play with the Wii mode, yeah. oh. uh, so like, the oh, guess... And there are no motion controls along that level, but the mm. world is still mirrored. Oh, in hero mode? Yeah.
2: Alright, so there you go. That's what I was figuring. I haven't tried it in hero mode. I've, also I've heard just been the, doing uh, a normal playthrough again. The controls are a little bit, uh, not clunky,
1: but, like, turning and stuff yeah. is a little weird, but that's like just, right, that's... just a, uh, like an after effect of, like, the game itself.
2: That's my second nit- nitpick, mm-hmm. is that it seems like, especially when you're turning the camera left and right, there seems to be, like, a very half-second delay to it. And to the point where I was thinking maybe my controller but my gamepad was broken, so I booted up uh, wind waker hd and it's fluid as hell mm-hmm. and i even went back and booted up the gamecube version of twilight princess and it's it's super fluid so i don't know what happened
1: maybe they added like a buffer
3: it's maybe. it's really weird because the three people that i've talked to about twilight princess hd they've all experienced that issue
2: yeah no yeah I, I made a i made a tweet about it and there was a lot of people going oh thank god i'm not the only one who thinks mm-hmm. this but it's um, not enough to
1: say that the game is bad. <laughs>
2: not even close. I... Oh no! It, like you're only going to notice it in like the first twenty mm. minutes, maybe. But when you're in the middle of combat, it's not going to impair you in any well, way. I mean, in the middle of combat, then... you're not really
1: turning the camera much.
2: Yeah. And then the third thing is the frame rate. I wouldn't say the game is unoptimized, right. but there's certain areas in the environment, and it's just the environment alone. It's not during combat where it it seems like they didn't code some of the environmental objects properly. So like you'll be. Like, there are sections, like, okay, when you're right outside Link's treehouse, go, like, directly to the left. There's, like, this whole, like, patch of grass. The minute you're walking through it, the frame rate dips to, like, five frames per second. I don't know why, but apparently, like, ten blades of grass swaying while Link walks through it is too much.
1: Uh, Possibly...
2: And there'll be stuff like that, like, there'll be, like, an area with maybe fog, or Link will be opening a chest with, like, a fireplace going on in the background, and, like, the frame rate will just dip terribly. That is really weird. It is, um, but again, during normal combat, it's fine. The game's capped at 30, like the original versions, Mm -hmm. so not much has changed there. That's kind of disappointing. Otherwise, as I said, those things are only environmental and... It's not going to be during combat or the actual game itself. Mm-hmm. um. And Nintendo will probably patch these things. I think Wind Waker HD got a couple patches over the months after it came out. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember totally, but right. I, I they seem like easy things to just kind of fix right. up.
1: I mean, Nintendo usually sends out finished products. It's just like, yeah. it's, it's bound to happen. Glitches are bound to happen um speaking of glitches it's kind of a little bit off topic but a a lot of my friends that have gotten uh their hands on uh pokemon yellow and red and blue uh, my brother has it it. yeah i didn't buy it because i already own two of those games like actually i don't want to pay extra to play the game that i already have um with no significant changes uh they made it... They kept a lot of the old glitches. They kept the Missingo. They kept, you know, all the classic glitches from Pokemon. Good. And on the them.
2: reason being is because they didn't change the ROM at right. all. Yeah, they no, did, I, though. I, they, no. they
3: changed a single thing, and that is Jinx's skin color.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they made Jinx <laughs> purple and uh, yellow.
2: Oh. Well, they, there you go. Yeah. Uh, That's, uh...
1: Yeah. I by the way if anyone's ever I know I think we mentioned this last episode but if you're thinking of getting any of those three get Pokemon Yellow. Um,
2: yeah, Pokemon Yellow is the yeah. way to go. And uh um, but if
1: anyone's on the fence for some reason if people still are on the fence for getting Twilight Princess HD if they can if they want if they were thinking about getting it.
2: 100% go for it. <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean as I said it's kind of weird that they didn't uh leave any of like you know they they didn't put in the Wii uh controls in there. Right. And it's also weird that they just didn't put the Wii version on the eShop to download. Right. Uh but if it's still a great version of Twilight Princess nonetheless and if you've only played the Wii version or you've just never played Twilight Princess before, uh this is probably the best way of doing it cuz the GameCube version is hard to find and kind of expensive and I mean who right. really likes motion controls except for aside from people like me. Yeah, you're you're kind of a weirdo. Hey, Metroid <laughs> Prime Trilogy is the only way to play the Metroid Prime Trilogy. Whatever Even you serious. say, crazy man. Okay, speaking of <laughs> Metroid Damage Control, there was a Nintendo Direct last week. Oh, you want to talk about that, do you? No. We were right! <laughs> <laughs> Our leak was actually correct, holy shit! Most, uh, s-
1: mo- most of the stuff we th- we were talking about was on there. It was one hundred percent of
2: it. I think what made me really surprised was that there was actually more. There were yeah, no, there was there was more than there was than there was on that list, and there was more surprising things than what was on that list. Um, like for example, things on that list were like, oh yeah, Star Fox first run, but they didn't tell us that we'd be getting a second game with it, which yeah. is um, Slippy's tower defense thing. Uh, whatever yeah. came of, yeah, that what was weird. it, Star Fox Guard? Yeah, Star Fox
3: Guard. Uh, ironically, when they showed that tech demo last year, I was more interested in that than a new Star Fox game, and I still well, am.
2: There you go, <laughs> now you get it with Star Fox. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, things like Lost Reaver, uh, that's coming yeah. over here, which I think the thing looks... that uh,
1: made me the most excited about the Star Fox Zero thing was uh, the uh, uh, multiplayer.
2: Oh, yeah. Edition,
1: because, like, that was what a lot of people liked
3: about Assault.
0: Is I there mean, multiplayer I love mode? that part. Yeah, yeah, I, there's, I, a mul-
1: there's multiplayer in Zero. Uh,
3: there is. I, I mean, yep. I know there's, like, a co-op mode where one person can aim and another person can move, but I didn't know there was full-on multiplayer.
1: Uh, i am <laughs> seeing a lot of reports that say it's local multiplayer. I, could, maybe I think
3: wrong. that's the local multiplayer they're talking about, because as far as I know, there is no deathmatch. Maybe we should check this.
1: Yeah, well there's there's stuff like, like the branching path, secret bosses recurring threats uh from Wolf Team. Uh Andross is returning in the game. So like it's it's Star Fox sixty four. Yeah. I mean, like we we remember when we first saw it, we were like, This is this is clearly a reboot. And it was. Yeah. It was exactly You it was...
2: know, it, and also it looks beautiful. Oh yeah, no, it's <laughs> like the game looks absolutely fantastic. I remember Nintendo when we, when we were at with their uh,
1: Colin and I were looking at the te- no, McIsaac from Gamnesia Yeah, not me yeah. Uh, We were looking at the textures And if you get really close to the ground It gets it got really blurry Since then there have been some significant improvements And Yeah, remember- no, the,
2: the, hmm? the game looks dramatically different Oh yeah, from-
1: that's, that's, it's surprising Because across the board Nintendo seems to be doing that With a lot of the games They seem to be releasing like these yeah. like, weird um, Low res versions in order to make it running And then they just kind of try to polish it
3: Okay. Yeah, so they, the uh they... multiplayer is exactly what I thought it was. It is oh, there's the no. one player aiming and the other person moving.
0: Yes.
2: We were wrong about something that was from the direct. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whoopsies. Can we just well, we gotta, weren't... Can we just well... be glad we're getting Dragon Quest? Yeah, That's something.
1: We're getting a uh a revamped Dragon Quest.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was Nintendo... released in Japan like a year ago. It's wanted it here. Right, that's what I wanted. I mean,
2: Dragon's Quest is the um is like the uh the never ever of like games to be imported into the U.S. because Dragon Quest is always famously never brought over here. Yeah, so it's it's cool to see it. Um, uh, Super Nintendo games on the new 3DS. Yeah, I'm that... okay with this. Yeah, same. I it did not it, think um, they were doing it,
3: Earthbound.
1: It makes it easier. Oh, uh, yeah,
2: that was and that was one of the first games they showed off mm-hmm. too. To, to show it off was Earthbound, which makes me wonder if they're, uh, Under if 3. they're teasing something.
3: <laughs> maybe. But,
2: um, maybe, because, like, I, I'm surprised they didn't just go, like, yeah, Earthbound's coming to the, su- like, to the Super Nintendo Virtual Console and the 3DS. Also, Earthbound Beginnings coming to the NES Virtual Console on the 3DS. But, um, I, I, they announced a pretty damn good lineup of Super Nintendo games coming to the console. I already got Super Mario World because it's great, and you should all play Super Mario World if you haven't. Link to the Past is coming, that's that's a good thing. Super Metroid, I can't wait. Um I Earthbound, Donkey Kong Country, mm-hmm. uh I believe Super Castlevania Four is even coming, which Okay. Hell yeah. yeah. Um I've heard a lot of people say that it's kind of weird that it's new 3DS only and not the original 3DS. Uh, but I mean, I'd, the
1: processing power of the new 3DS is different than that. I the original,
2: I would so. like to point out that the reason being is because cause there, is, there is evidence that you can get a SNES emulator running on the original 3DS, right. but what's, what most people don't know is that it's not very good. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, about... Only a handful of games that are super basic work well, but not all of them. Yeah and also it makes sense
1: for nintendo to work on something like that for the new 3ds to give validation for the reason for buying the thing
2: and apparently the other reason that nintendo has released themselves is because uh if they didn't they wouldn't be able to render it at the original resolution that these games run
1: right and frame rate and everything
2: yeah which uh, you can actually turn on uh pixel by pixel mode which is like Oh, wow. It frames it in the original resolution, like the older Game Boy or NES, well not the ga- NES games, but the Game Boy and DS games on the 3DS, if you, you know, if you hold down start and select. Yeah. There's a settings in the Super Nintendo games where it's oh. like the original resolution and it looks fantastic on that screen. Oh, I can imagine. 3DS look is really good with um, 16-bit games. The Sega 3D Classics and Super Nintendo games look fantastic on it. Oh, uh, yeah. I need to get Sega 3D Classic still. Oh, they're so good. Get outrun. <laughs> get outrun BB. Uh
1: You love your Outrun,
2: don't you? I I filled out the Sega survey and I was just like, make a new outrun. Make a new outrun. I think at one point I was like they were asking me what I liked about each franchise that mm-hmm. I really like about Sega, and <laughs> they were, they were like, What do you like about Sega Superstars slash All Stars Racing? I'm like, you made a Mario Kart clone better than Nintendo. Now just do that with Sonic Shuffle, because I'd really like a good Mario Party. Also, make Outrun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would like another um, good Mario Party,
2: but uh, not to get on that tangent. Another, but uh, this is more stuff from the direct. More stuff from the direct. Uh, new Kirby, new n- Paper Mario for the I Wii U. I'm
1: so excited for the new Kirby. There's a new Kirby Amiibo. It looks adorable waddle-dees getting an amiibo. Yeah, so it's my heart. My heart can only take so much, people. And he has, like, a little mech suit. And oh, yeah. I've already seen pictures of him and Mega Man in their little mech suits. And they're, like, talking and, like, the mech suit's, like, puttering.
2: It's yeah. Bless. Um, speaking... <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, we got, like, what was it, six minutes of them being like, no, please, buy Federation <laughs> Force. It's, it's... yeah. <laughs> I'm it's still gonna, gonna buy be Federation good. force to be honest. Like It doesn't look bad. I it's I not mean, a prime game. Caleb sends his regards, but I Yeah It doesn't look bad. I just I just like everyone else, I guess they just I just wish I didn't they didn't call it Metroid. Yeah,
0: it,
3: it doesn't look like a terrible game, but it does not feel or look like a Metroid game.
1: I think yeah. I think that what they should have done um is allude to the fact that it's in the Metroid universe? Yeah. But not keep the name?
2: I think if... I mean, I think the worst part is that they called it Metroid Prime Federation Force. Yeah. Like, like it's not even in the Metroid universe, it's in the Metroid Prime canon, which is, like, kind of ludicrous. Um... And then they just, like, just was like, no, it's a good game, we swear, okay? Listen, they made Luigi's Mansion, these guys, next level. They also made Punch-Out, so please, like, they know video games. Please buy Federation Force.
3: Apparently the producer of the Metroid Prime series that was working with Retro that is working on Federation Force is no longer on friendly terms with Retro, and Federation Force was his idea, so... I'm wondering if it's because of Federation Force that that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> because apparently Damn. he was very rude towards them when they were already working on the regular Prime games.
1: Dylan is no longer invited to our birthday parties after that Federation Force. Um, also, you get we were getting a new par- paper Mario.
2: Yeah, Half and it Mario. looks it looks okay. It, it looks, looks... It, graphically,
3: it looks amazing. But yeah, oh no, god, I... it's another sticker star.
2: I love I... the uh,
1: the reaction where people were like, they, they showed the Thousand Year Door sprites versus this new one sprites. <laughs> like, all the, the Thousand Year Door ones, like, they had character and, like, personality and, you know, like, they had different, like, outfits that, like, describe what they were and who that they did. And then in Color Splash, they're literally just plot swaps.
2: Yep. yeah but i mean if 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 it's like to be believed that, as we said earlier, like Nintendo loves to be releasing trailers for games like super early while they still look terrible, and then when they release they're like Masterpieces of art. Maybe so... this is
1: like just like placer, like filler.
2: Yeah, like, it's, it. It could be placeholders. I, Nintendo loves
1: doing
3: that. I'm at least hoping that I, if there is any RPG elements left, that are that they are not as fundamentally just broken at their core or, as Sticker Star.
2: I mean, the reason why they keep doing this is because Super Paper Mario sold really well. and That's because Super Paper Mario is a good game. Super Paper
3: Mario, like, sold on the fact that it looked like a 2D Mario game, and those are all the rage around the time it came out. Right. Yeah,
2: and it's, it's a, and Super Paper Mario is also just a fantastic game, and so it seems like they keep trying to be like, oh yeah, we'll just make, like, a spin-off Paper Mario game, but, I mean... So far, we've only gotten one bad Paper Mario game, so yep. I, who knows? Maybe they'll, sh- you know, strike gold with this one, but uh, we won't know until it comes out. Speaking of things that no one expected to be released, Shin Megami Tensei Fire Emblem... Oh my god, I was, now... <laughs> I was actually expecting them to just never mention it again after it's
3: sold like, terribly in japan yeah it
2: sold terribly in japan and but it, we're getting it here
3: it was made specifically to pander to like that type of audience in japan that loves idols and stuff and now it took called... nothing nothing good from either franchise slapped their names on it <laughs> took like a character from fire emblem and put hey, him man. in the game hey man and have then...
1: you seen the the like the the promotional
3: art it's gorgeous <laughs> like yeah that the artwork is fine but the game <laughs> That's itself, all I have to say. It the like, game itself haven't... looks like the worst also, thing I've I've ever seen.
1: Also it's funny cuz they did with, with this what I think a lot of people would have liked if they did with uh, Federation Force where it's like it's called Tokyo Mirage Sessions uh hashtag #FA Well it's it's not supposed to be a a hashtag it's a boy uh, yeah, it's
2: just a
1: sharp uh yeah symbol um but, like, if it was, like, if it was Federation Force, uh...
2: If they still called it Shimagami Tensei Fire Emblem, people would lose their shit. I would be pissed. It's, it's neither of those things. I am so but glad the they, they
3: thing... dropped Tensei from the title.
2: Well, here's the thing about that. I didn't notice this until someone pointed it out on Facebook. If you take Tokyo Mirage Sessions and you abbreviate it, then you reverse the abbreviation. It's still SMT. Oh, my God! <laughs> That's smart. But someone on Twitter, uh, there's a guy I follow on Twitter named Tracker, and he came up with a better name for this game, which would be Shin Megami Tensei Performer. Oh my god. Uh, that's not bad. That's so much better because it looks like a Persona game. Yeah, it's no. It's a thing, Persona game. Like, thing. I mean, it, it'll, it'll probably the or same how about thing will probably, Shin Megami
1: Tenso. Oh. I guess. It's all about, I, I mean, don't know. <laughs>
2: It'll probably, the same thing, I, oh, they left in the original Japanese VO track because, hey, dual audio, it's almost like, that's what people want no, with their imports. they're not yeah. doing
3: English at all. Yeah. Because the game won't sell enough to make up for the cost of recording English
2: audio. But you know what, I guess I'm glad that they're actually producing a physical copy, mm. unlike Fatal Frame. That... I- yeah, that's interesting, actually. And um, and um, and you know what's gonna happen? It's what? it's gonna just like Xenoblade, just like Fatal Frame, just like Devil's Third, just like every other like weird niche Japanese game that gets imported over to the Wii U. It's gonna get like middling reviews from critics, and then everyone's gonna love it anyway. So, because I don't think the reviews scores for SMTFE were too bad in Japan. I think they were actually pretty good. It, like... it just did, it just didn't sell well
1: yeah it was
2: like mid-30s uh, I, with femitsu that's not
1: bad it's definitely something i'm interested in like I'm, i know I'm like still very devil's third
2: got like a 42 from femitsu so. yeah
1: devil uh it, it's hard to trust review scores i mean we've we, really we, we talked bad colin really we bad. talked about a what was that i keep forgetting the name of it um
2: uh, oh, Dragon Age. Yeah, too. Dragon Age Two. There was like one <laughs> review site
1: where the there was one site where the review gave it a high praise, and then their podcast slammed it. It's like,
2: what the hell was that? It's yeah. not the case. So who, you who can't always stress the
1: review score, even for its own site. Sometimes that doesn't really re- necessarily reflect the entire
2: site. I I only say for me too, only because um. Usually, they're very harsh with their. Oh, with yeah, their no, scores. they're usually considered so...
1: very strict, which is why, you know, like whenever someone gets a high score with Famitsu, it's considered like, wow, it's so amazing, but it happens so yeah. often lately that I'm like kind of not really amazed by it anymore.
2: Well, it's also a Nintendo games. Yeah, so... yeah,
1: I know. I mean, like, so it's <laughs> like, wow, you know, your own mom said you did a good job? Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> like, um... of course she thinks you did great. She She cares about you more than anyone else.
2: Uh, what else was in the direct? Uh,
1: there were some really interesting things that happened recently. I wanted to mention this briefly, because there isn't much that I like, really can say about it. Um. Alright. Uh, for Game, uh, for Game DevCon, uh, a Game Developers G-C. Conference, uh, there was supposed to be a Pokemon Go presentation, and it was, uh, cancelled, sadly. So, we're gonna be still waiting for a while. Before Pokemon Go, before Pokemon Go even comes out in beta phase, because it was supposed to be in the winter, but now it, there's it's like in hiatus. Mm-hmm. So
2: I guess that's I mean I'm I'm probably not going to download it anyway, just because I don't download mobile games. But right, no, but like I think that, a lot that of sucks it, for whoever actually was excited. A lot of
1: people were interested. And we didn't know exactly what this was. Yeah, we we're still trying to figure it out. So like a, a con, like a presentation would have been definitely appreciated.
2: Yeah, like we know, just
1: am, we know just about as much about this as we do the NX. That's not even like that's not really a, much of an overstatement. Like
2: we've seen. So Adam, much... is it okay if I share my really interesting theory about the NX?
1: Uh, in fact, I encourage it. I wanted to hear you talk about this on the podcast because you were telling me okay. earlier, and I was like, it so, blew me away.
2: So, er, a couple of weeks ago, what was it? Last week or two weeks ago? We talked about the, it. Was last week? Yeah, we, we talked, we, about, we the talked NX. about the
1: NX. last. Okay,
2: week. so last week we talked about. NX rumors. Mm-hmm. And so there there's the lovely just kind of, you know, thoughts that's going around in everyone's heads of what the hell the NX actually is. And if those rumors are to be believed, it's going to be uh, a a new Nintendo handheld console hybrid where it's a brand new gamepad with the console guts inside the gamepad. And the idea is that you plug the gamepad into your T V. And it made, and it got me thinking this morning, because I was going... Nintendo has said repeatedly that this new system's not going to make the Wii U or 3DS obsolete. In fact, they will continue to support those systems after they release the NX. And I was trying to think of, like, how that works. Because there's a lot of people who this year are very kind of hesitant to buy the Wii U, because they don't know... If the n x is gonna come out and it'll be better or it'll be backwards compatible and so I was trying to think of like hypothetical questions I would ask uh like a Nintendo representative on like you know oh if someone doesn't own a Wii u this year and they wanted to buy a Wii u or wait should they wait for the n x like what should they do and it got me thinking that maybe what they mean by the Wii U not being obsolete uh, by the NX is the idea that maybe the NX is compatible with the Wii U. And it got me wondering if since the system is a game pad and all it really is, and all the game pad is for the Wii U is just controls and a video feed. If the NX will be compatible with the Wii U as like a replacement game pad.
1: Right. Because it, it has the ability to support multiple. I mean, it doesn't have to be, necessarily a replacement but it can be like an extension
2: oh yeah yeah like the uh i mean like the idea being that i want to play my old wii u games on the nx but i how do like all you have to do is connect it to the wii u you take the old gamepad put in a drawer or something and they're like there you go it's it might be
1: like a better gamepad essentially like longer battery life uh better like maybe even like a mobile like because then they have the backwards to use the system
2: yeah, cuz then, then then you have your backwards compatibility sort right. of. You it, it's just it just works with the old console. You could
1: theoretically have it where you have this system that's um it it kind of like has like a a storage built into it for like one or two games that you can bring with yeah. you on the go that are Wii U bat- platform games. Um so like you have your game, you have your NX and you connect it to your Wii U and you say, "Oh man, I have to go on this trip and I want to play a uh, I want to play, um, what's it called? The Xenoblade Chronicles X. Yeah. But I'm not going to really be able to play it in the car. We don't have, like, a port in the car to plug in the thing. So you put on the, you, like, transfer the data to your NX. And, uh, you play it in the car. And then when you get back, when you get to, like, wherever you're stopping, you you plug in the Wii U. And you transfer the data back.
2: And it makes a lot of sense in terms of, like... Because you have already these big Nintendo franchises on the Wii U like Splatoon or Mario Kart 8 and it would make sense or Smash Brothers and it would it makes more sense to have a new like your new system just be compatible with your old system rather than you know having to remake those huge games on the NX. Yeah. So instead of them actually having to make Legend of Zelda NX they could just you know be like oh yeah you can play the Wii U version of Legend of Zelda on the NX and there you go. Maybe with some enhanced features, I don't know, but I think it's a pretty cool theory. And I guess the the in- the thing I was joking about is that it actually seems like something Nintendo would do. Because there's always people with like weird Nintendo rumors, and it's like, no, that's too smart for Nintendo to do. <laughs> like you kind of gotta like dumb it down a little mm-hmm. bit. Because Nintendo always loves making things like needlessly complicated. Yeah. Um. Like like transferring data from an old 3ds to a new 3ds is uh interesting. Yep. But yeah, there you go that's my it's my theory. a game theory <laughs> oh, no. Th- thanks for watching We
1: miss you Matt. anyway uh... speaking of Matt Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh uh, what's I... your like what's your favorite Zelda game? what's your least favorite Zelda game uh do you hate Chris yet I
3: hate Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hate Chris um, I do you certainly should not Chris hate that me. wasn't
1: an introduction to talk. Wait your turn. I get swear. Get back in the box. Thank you. Colin. <laughs> get the crowbar if he talks again, knock him out.
3: Oh no. <laughs> my my least favorite Zelda my least favorite Zelda game is um Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass. I think wow, both right of them really go screw yourself. They're both really Damn. um flawed and just not functional. Most of the time... Why why both of them? Because okay. I always hear...
1: Spirit Tracks
3: uh. is technically, like, way better than Santa Hourglass, except in one department where it is absolutely just unbearable. And this this is the biggest thing. Everyone I've talked to has said the Tower of Spirits is, like, the best Zelda dungeon because it's, like, five dungeons in one. But mm-hmm. you have to deal with this AI attempt to... Travel along a path that you draw for it. And Mm. it gets stuck so much. It is unbearable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the worst aspect of the game.
3: It is the most unbearable thing. And Phantom Hourglass, I I appreciate on, like, a fun factor. Because I think it is way more fun than Spirit Tracks. And Spirit Tracks just goes a little too far along the the DS gimmick pathway. Mm -hmm. With like introducing items that require the microphone. This the spirit oh, fluid is wow. one of the worst things I've <laughs> ever seen use the microphone. Um but in Phantom Hourglass, every single music track is a seven second loop that changes the pitch up and then it loops again <laughs> thirty seconds later and it is I, I streamed it like in September and I was going insane by the end of the game. <laughs>
2: oh no <laughs> there's a lot of weird ds games with um not weird ds games but there's a lot of ds games with like weird music loops mm-hmm. like i recently picked up uh a copy of the world ends with you and the world ends with you is a good game oh yeah it has the weird music, music in it it, it just the, the music in it's pretty good but like after a while you just realize that it's only like 30 seconds and it just loops it's not even
1: same... it's not even 30 seconds it's 15
2: <laughs> yeah, because like the same the same lyrics uh, are just being pummeled into your head. your head. Wake up! Uh, it's like, oh no! I
1: Please I mean I love Caleb stop. and I understand his love for that game because I really really think it's a lot of fun. But oh yeah, dear Lord, <laughs> it's, I it's, cannot
2: it's got some issues. I
1: cannot listen to that soundtrack anymore. I just can't. It <laughs> it's so repetitive
2: i gotta play the game on mute i like i i if because I play it's such it a good game it's a really yeah, no, it's a good, solid it's, game it's a really good game and yet i just i the can't music play it driving nuts mute. <laughs> also
1: okay. i really need to stream links awakening again because that was fun <sighs> okay oh but yeah I, but so, I also need to get a guide or a friend because i am so bad at this sort of game like i i cannot <laughs> like those are probably some of the most that's like a weird period in zelda i think where there's like those are like some of the most cryptic games mm-hmm. like that Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages, just because like they don't understand how to properly convey <laughs> what you need to do.
3: I have played Link's Awakening like five times. I'm down for that.
2: You under- oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but you understand what I mean? Like it just like kind of yes. expects
3: you to know what remember, to do. I remember um, the tower dungeon being very obtuse. The seventh dungeon in the game is mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous with its puzzles. <laughs> Okay. Here,
2: I'm going to I'm gonna mention like, something that I've mentioned on this podcast 500 times before. Matt, did you know that Link's Awakening is inspired <laughs> by Twin yes, Peaks? Yes, I did. <laughs> there you that's go. That's why
1: I played it for Twin Peaks Day.
3: <laughs> the, uh...
1: Because if I didn't, I would be sent into the box because Colin mm-hmm. is mean.
3: The writer I... of Link's Awakening <laughs> and the N64 Zelda games was like the thing that made those games stories like great because I think they're legitimately great. Um and now all he does is make Mario games. That's fun. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, uh, Okay. So, so what my, is your favorite? My favorite Zelda,
3: Zelda game. game. <laughs> I'm bracing for this because I'm familiar. I'm familiar with this podcast. It is Ocarina of Time.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that was the end of Matt. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks for watching. Tune in next time. Oh God. When, when I... I
1: kill
3: Chris on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Uh. Sweet, Sweet. <laughs> Awkward of Time is the, is the video game that got me playing video games and ruined my life forever. <laughs> and you love it for that? I love it. That's because...
1: Stockholm Syndrome.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you have Stockholm
1: Syndrome. I love it so much. Matt, please, we'll get you help. <laughs> Someone get this boy a Game Boy Pocket. <laughs>
2: Get him a 3ds with Link's Awakening on it. Oh, I've already got it. I've got it right here.
3: I can, I can oh. start it up right now.
2: <laughs> speaking <laughs> there of, there you go.
1: Spe- uh, speaking of video game betrayal, uh, I want to talk about. This is probably one of the things that I'm most interested in talking oh, about. Oh, are we talking
2: about the Coleco Chameleon? We are
1: definitely talking. Okay, so we wanted to talk about. This can I last... talk
2: about the Coleco Chameleon? <laughs> yes, but I will. Int- okay, let me at least
1: introduce it. I know no, you, let me
2: too. because I, no, I... No,
1: no, like, not the actual thing, but, like, the, that we wanted to talk about it, and that... We've
2: been wanting to talk about this for, for a, a while. while. Long. Yeah, and Burr. we keep,
1: like, getting caught up in other things.
2: Well, no, the real reason is because we've been trying desperately for the longest time to actually get the creator of the Caligo Chameleon... On the podcast, yeah, and he has just—he has not replied to any of our messages at all. <laughs> Colin has
1: been—I I have to give Colin credit where credit is due. He has been a trooper. Like I've been hounding this, this guy, <laughs> <And> I've, I've <laughs> like
2: I'm actually really dude. disappointed in myself because he was at the New York, uh, the the New York Toy Fair, and that's in the city. Like I could have just gone, and I didn't. Yeah, it's, it's, and was, I could have I could have hounded the out of him there, but. Okay, let me explain okay. the the Odyssey. Can I just say, like,
1: Kali- it's funny because we didn't talk about it, and this week, another this week thing it happened. This all wrapped up. The so whole like, thing just wrapped up. So it's so kind of like the best the time saga. to talk about it is now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of good that we didn't talk about it. But anyway, I'm sorry. Keep
2: going. So yeah, the 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 whole saga wrapped up today. Basically, uh, the Kali- okay. So Mike Kennedy is a. Old man who likes old video games, uh, so much so that he has a magazine called Retro Magazine. And it's a decent magazine. You should go, like, go to your Barnes & Noble and pick up a copy. Cause...
1: And a record, because they do that now.
2: Oh, yeah, now they do records at <laughs> Barnes & Noble for some reason. Um, But basically, this guy who calls himself an entrepreneur uh had this uh, crazy idea in his head where he was going to make... I hate this so much, a new, put new in huge quotations in your head, uh, retro console. The idea being that it was going to be a new cartridge-based console that (laughs) had guts similar to, say, the Super Nintendo. Um, They actually had purchased the molding uh, to the shells of old Atari Jaguars and Jaguar Mm -hmm. cartridges, so it would be like, the shell... Of an Atari Jaguar, the guts of something similar to a Super Nintendo, and the controller was, like, a third-party Wii U Pro controller. But it was, like,
1: so basically this amalgamation of, like, retro ideas.
2: Yeah, and the idea being that you could you could plug in your games, they don't have to update, there's no online leaderboards, it was just, like, it, it's just an old system, but newer. Um, and then they also had this crazy idea that it would have all these different processors of older systems, so you could plug in, like... Your Super Nintendo cartridges, or your Genesis cartridges, or your Atari cartridges, um, which is insane. So, basically what they did was, they first talked about this at great lengths, but didn't really, like, explain how the hardware was going to work, or how pro- where there even was a prototype. And they tried putting the thing on Indiegogo for $2 million, with the idea being that the finished system would be about 400 and it got lambasted to hell and back, because... They didn't even have a working prototype or anything. They just had this idea, and then we were like, yeah, it'll be two million dollars for this idea. No,
1: no. no. Two million dollars and a four hundred dollar system. Which yeah, is and like, the system would be
2: four hundred dollars anyway. That's more
1: than a modern system. Yeah. Like,
2: no one's gonna so, buy that. Like, would it so even have it, games? No. Yeah, it you, won't. You'd, you'd have to buy the game separately.
1: And the well, game yeah. Separate. yeah. like
2: You'd have to buy your game separately, and all that lovely stuff. Um, and it was under the moniker of the Retro VGS, sort of a play on the uh, Atari VCS, mm-hmm. which was Video Computer System instead of, you know, Video Game System. Um, so that was taken down because everyone from... Everywhere from Pat the NES Punk's uh, Completely Unnecessary Podcast, which I love that podcast, go listen to it. It's a, That's uh, actually
1: one of... It's actually a very good... Uh, yeah. They're very... A good
2: source of news on this topic. They're
1: they're very good. They're they're usually uh, reliable, I'd say. It's it's hard to find good, reliable sources these days. And
2: the lovely people at the Atari Age forums, which I love. I love Atari Age. They are some great people. They are some great super sleuths. So, a few months passed, and no new news came up of the Retro VGS. Until they, they, they showed it off again... As the Coleco Chameleon. Mm -hmm. They had purchased the branding of uh, the ColecoVision, which is an old 1980s video game system. For all you Babs out there. Yeah, for all you Babs out there. And uh, the idea being that it was the same thing, but now they called it something different. They made it it a lot cheaper by taking out a whole bunch of stuff. Um, But it was still the same thing. But this time it's going to be different because they're going to have a Kickstarter. And Kickstarter requires you to have a prototype so they when had a you prototype, make a Kickstarter. Right. So, so oh, does that mean we finally have a prototype? And sure enough, at New York Toy Fair... They brought a prototype. The I was, they brought a prototype. And then everyone realized that...
1: Wait, no, no. Explain they, how they realized. Like, explain okay. what caused them to realize this. Because they so, it was very interesting and bold, what they did.
2: So, they bring this quote-unquote prototype to, um, the Toy Fair, and there's a lot of weird, weird things about it. First off, the LED light on the front of the system, uh, does not not light up.
1: Does not work. It doesn't work. The power system doesn't actually work on this thing. Yeah, the- It just plugs in, and you're done.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, the controllers, which were- OEM original manufactured Super Nintendo controllers are somehow hardwired into the console. Even though they had this weird Wii U Pro controller that's USB based that the thing is supposed to be using, but no, it's using a Super Nintendo controller. Um the cartridge it's using is a Jaguar cartridge, but the back the board that they put into the Jaguar cartridge does not line up with the actual actually, shell of the cartridge and they they wrapped it around with electrical tape. Yeah, it's just taped on. In fact, the back of the system has a crap load of electrical tape on it, and also uses the same power supply plug and AV cables as a Super Nintendo. And people realized that the prototype is not a prototype, it's a mini Super Nintendo that they just slid into the Jaguar casing and taped up. Yeah. And it's, and like, it's, it's insane. Like, it's, Pat it's, and
1: <coughs> Pat, Pat's podcast, they mentioned this, uh, and, like, it, like, if you look at the, the, the system, there's a lot of electric tape on it, but yeah. you can see in some areas that, like, the system underneath.
2: Oh, well, you don't even have to do that. They, some guy on the Atari age forums, bless them, by the way, they, some guy actually had a Super Nintendo Mini and a Jaguar, and he just put. The, the guts of the Super Nintendo Mini in the Jaguar, and it fit and it lined up perfectly, like in the images, just without the, the uh, electrical tape. So, yeah, there's all this back and, and then, forth with wait, people you online. You didn't
1: even mention the one that kind of made me the most concerned. Uh, the, the one they actually brought, one of the ones they brought, I think, was it to the toy fair that they brought this one, the clear cased one?
2: No, this was online. I'm going to mention that now.
1: Right, right it was.
2: So there's a lot of back and forth of people going like mm. is are you selling a Super like are you showing a Super Nintendo Junior and a Jaguar and they're of course going like no, the retro the the Calico is not going to be a SNES in a Jaguar shell, which is not what people were accusing them of. Mm-hmm. Um and it got to the point where it was a week away from them presenting their Kickstarter. And they said, look, here's the real prototype, like, and they 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 took a bunch of pictures of it in a, a clear Jaguar casing so you could see the insides of the board. Hmm. And they did this really nice top-down view so you could see the whole board. Uh, and it turns out it wasn't a prototype board again for the second time. In fact, it was a PC Express, uh, PCI Express DVI capture card <laughs> that they had just shoved in a Jaguar case and put a cartridge in. Again, doing this crap for the second time in a row, uh, to the point where when people pointed it out, they had actually found the exact make and model of the card that they had to take the images down. Um, Yeah. So now that they had done this for a second time, it got to the point where the actual people who own the Coleco brand, because Coleco is not a company anymore, uh, they stopped existing in the late 80s. So there's now a there's now a company that owns the company name to license out. And they realized that it's probably not good for business to have something attached to the Coleco name that's probably a scam. (laughs) So the Kickstarter was delayed and or by their terms, what it actually meant was it was axed, because the Coleco people went to the Coleco Chameleon people, they looked around, they noticed that there was no prototype at all, and as of today, they have um, decided to uh, revoke any name of any Coleco branding from the product, <laughs> and it seems like the project has been completely cancelled. The Facebook page is down, the website's down, it's uh, gone. Twitter is still up, but it's it's gone. Are there Any evidence of this thing really existing is gone, aside from all these the... people on YouTube making fun of it.
1: Yeah, no, it's... Uh... It's crazy.
2: It is absolutely nuts, and I think it's one of the funniest things to have happened online in the last few months. Uh, What was that other thing I I showed you? I did not know uh...
3: about it at all, and just hearing you recapping all this just... It is amazing. It is made. My I day. recommend.
2: I recommend if you can. Um, there is a three hundred page Atari Age uh form thread <laughs> where they. It's it's these people. These are the people who actually discovered all the wrongdoing. And oh. there's just like pages of these people like mm-hmm. ripping on this thing and making fun of it and pointing out all the terrible stupid flaws. We'll have a link to that below. Um, but there's also like, uh. I mean, you can you can go watch Pat the NES punks, uh, all his podcast segments talking about it, which add up to like an hour of content to watch, because it's just this this crazy ongoing thing. But it seems to be over now, which is a little disappointing. I'm I'm kind of sad it's over, but who knows? Maybe they'll come back with the the retro VGS 3.0, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll know where in the world is Mike Kennedy. Yeah,
1: and uh, let's not forget. Do you mind if I switch topics a little bit?
2: Go for it. We talked about this let's for long time.
1: Let's not forget that you know it's not just consoles that people are making poorly. It's also indie games. Let's let's hear it for indie oh. games, people. Let's, let's come on, oh. big round of applause. Let's make the arcade oh, beautiful no. again.
0: But oh, I go. just played.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you, <laughs> Matt. That was but perfect. But the culling is
2: really good. Oh, by the way, I played the culling. Go get go get it on Steam. It's thirteen dollars and it's it's real good. You're
1: a culling anyway. Um, oh no <laughs> you're a colin uh yeah, I am. bear simulator uh w- tr- wants to give coleco a run for its money um john farge <laughs> has i wouldn't say done, that because has, has th- he actually
2: th- released a finished product
1: Finished well, is a is a is a strong word there, Colin. Yeah. Playable. No, he <laughs> um, released a, a, right a on version
2: it's... one point on Steam. That's yeah. what he did. Yeah.
1: It's uh it it's just funny. It's been really interesting, like the the online feud that was going on with this. Um, yeah. I only found out about it once it finished. Uh but apparently like PewDiePie was giving this game really bad reviews, and the developer got involved, and then like basically after the the Kickstarter was done, his funding was finished. It was supposed. It's been delayed over a year. He just quits. the game's
2: done. It's out. You can buy it on Steam. And the guy just goes, "Well, I'm just gonna stop updating it because some people hate it. It's it's not even like the game has bad review no, scores it's still, anyway. It's still mostly It was literally positive. just like yeah, it was literally just like PewDiePie hated it. And
1: it's like, oh wow,
2: PewDiePie, and hated that it. was it. But he he makes this long wall of text on uh, Kickstarter that's like we're done here it's over it's finished and um i don't know if enough people have sent them like hey just keep working on it who gives a yeah. it's 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 kind of dumb as cliff Blasinski said uh on one hand the internet is mean on the other hand it's game development yeah and it's like you just have to release updates for your finished game. It's... No matter Don't what... Don't try to
1: cater pr- to the fans that aren't going to like your product. Yeah. Try
2: to keep the people that
1: do support your work happy. Because mm-hmm. your audience... List, this guy found his audience. He didn't... He didn't know what his audience was, but he found one. And they support. First him. off, he didn't...
2: He didn't make a new game. He made another... Simula... Like, joke right. simulator right. game. No, like, right, I'm Like, he wasn't... I'm, I'm just saying, I don't saying, know why like, he's being so defensive. It's not like he made a but like, quality product anyway. I'm
1: approaching this from like a game developer's perspective, I guess you could of say. Course, where it's of like course. you have to like they teach you this. Like you'll learn this at some point. You, if whether in the industry or like an academic field, you don't f- like really necessarily make uh the, you don't really will always you won't always reach the audience you think you're going to reach. You and your audience will find each other and the audience will not just be there waiting for you they're they're going to they're going to slowly but surely grow and find your game and experience it and he found those people and those people like his game now there are some dissenters i mean he got, a hundred, think, he got
2: 100 he got 100,000 people, thousand people to dollars back it on kickstarter. kickstarter yeah
1: and those people still for the most part are very positively supporting this game some of them are yeah. disappointed sure but that happens with every kickstarter I'm sure some exactly. people still think that Mighty Number no. Nine is going to be good, but you know, that's, <laughs> I that's you I know do. people are people are very odd like that. But anyway, my, my that's not my point. I'm sorry if you actually supported Mighty Number no. Nine. That's like your your decision I'm, or whatever. I'm, I'm sorry. You I'm... Should have backed
2: Thimblewood Park, <laughs> <or> <laughs> Thimbleweed Park. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, I can't wait for that. But oh, like my God.
1: he shouldn't spend his time worrying about these people that don't like what he's doing. It's just, it's just wasting your time. You're wasting your breath. You're not going to make most of these people happy. You probably will never win them over. That's, that's just how it is. Spend your time appreciating the audience you have, because then they will continue to support you. They will continue to help you grow. And on future projects, they will be the first ones to like cheer you on. That's what you want. If you're an indie developer, that is what you should be fighting for. That is what you should be searching, searching for. Um, You don't have to go after the naysayers. You don't have to, do it like quit because of the naysayers, but just try to make your work good enough, at least in your own opinion, good enough that you feel like I have something I want to say, and make that that statement said through your quality product, their quality game, um, and it's sad to see that someone just gave up. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of interesting. It's like the other side of the scandal coin. <laughs> I know I kind of started this off a little bit mean. Uh, <laughs> but I thought it was funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was worth it being mean. I'm jo- John, if you're speaking s- for some reason, listening, I'm sorry. Uh,
2: speaking of mean, speaking of, uh, weird indie kickstarters. So, uh, last month we had battalion 1944, which is meant to be sort of a return to old arcadey world. Are War you going to be shooters. talking about, uh, th- Thunder or something? That that just finished up. The Battalion 1944 Kickstarter ended, I think, like, half a week ago. And yet, like, also kind of half a week ago, started a new K- K- Kickstarter called uh, Days of War, which is another return to arcadey World War II shooters. Same company? So, no, it's um it's actually the people who, uh, I, I don't know if I'd say they worked on, but... Or, or definitely inspired by Day of Defeat. Okay, which is interesting because Day of Defeat is the arcadey World War Two shooter that no one talks about. Right. While Battalion is more like Medal of Honor and uh, the early Call of Duty games. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. <laughs> There's two. It, just when you thought World War Two games were dead. There's now two of them, and they're both coming out this year.
1: Yeah, we were we were recently playing a World War II game on stream. We were playing... Uh, oh, we were playing
2: World at War, yeah, with, my uh, favorite with, World uh, War II Nick, game.
1: With uh, uh, Caleb. And Nick and, and Nick, Caleb. And Nick, yeah.
2: um, We should do that again soon. It's, it did, it's Please, great.
1: definitely. That was a lot of
2: fun. I think... Okay, I know people are going to hate us, because talking good about a Call of Duty game, how dare you? <laughs> but, like, World at War is probably one of the most genuinely fun shooters because it's a it's a silly world war ii arc that was
3: probably
1: the first call of duty game i played
2: yeah honestly
1: i remember i had this friend in like middle school named sam and like all summer i went over to his house with my brother and we played Call of Duty World at War and we made our like own little in jokes with like the flash grenades because it's like solar flare and we just like throw it at each other (laughs) and like and then we would die because we're stupid but it it was funny and that was how we enjoyed ourselves we would like play knife only matches or shotgun only or rocket launcher only or just, just you know we had
2: a really good time and I think what really makes World at War really special is that it's a, it's a World War Two shooter, but it does not take itself seriously in any way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah, no. it's... Because you have, like, these textbook realistic World War Two weapons, but they have the goofiest attachments for them. <laughs> like, the, there's, like, red dot sights that are mocked up to be, like, old World War II ones. There's, like, silencers and... And, uh, it, it's, it's really great. I I love it. And it's, like, super fast and goofy. Right. So, uh, yeah, World of War is, is really good. It's, and what's great about the PC version is that it comes with all the DLC. You don't have to pay for it. Okay. It comes with all the map packs and the zombie maps, and it's even got modding! It's a really good PC game on top of that!
0: You want to know something? Right, here, guys, I'm going to talk right okay. now. Okay. I love World at War. Yes. And when I installed it on my brother's computer to play it, it freaking destroyed my brother's computer. <laughs> oh, really? And its entirety.
2: Oh, really?
0: <laughs> and I mean, that game and it was probably because uh we got it through illegal means back in like 2000 whatever. Oh. And so, yeah, that just destroyed his computer for a long time. It's like, it made the computer boot up weird. We had to go through, like, the BIOS each and every time to fix it. And it was all because of that game, and we could never uninstall it. It wouldn't... It was like a virus, almost. You, then
2: you probably got a virus and not <laughs> the actual no, game. No, but it was
0: all because of that game. Because the, the game worked, you know, when the, it started
2: the computer. Then you, then you installed probably, it. like like super game installer like fun installer like totally not a virus. exe and it, it
0: totally not a virus.exe plus it also comes with world at war I mean that's not that bad is it
2: <laughs> the first part kind of is well if you if you own that was the title of the folder <laughs> if you if you actually purchase the game through legal means and that is steam I got it on the 360 and it was good yeah but I
0: you can mod it on the Xbox, which is awesome.
2: Uh, listen, get it legally through Steam or semi legally through G2A and
0: No, no, no. I, I legally purchased a physical copy of the game and you I put the mods on a, a USB drive and put it on my three sixty and it worked.
2: I I'm talking about the PC version, fam. Oh, okay. Do it. It it runs on very low end hardware, which is nice and it's really fun. Mm-hmm. And you there you go. Do it. Do it now. Put the cookie down. <laughs> Alright, guys. It's Let's actually... talk about fan topics.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, should... we might as well get to one. We're really actually almost done here. This has been a pretty yeah, fast we're... episode for us.
2: We've been, like, steamrolling this whole time.
1: <laughs> it's been a bit fast. I don't so... even think I get... Yeah, I'll get to talk about
2: it. Windows noises. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, we, we... maybe we'll save that for the after-the-credits thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's literally
2: nothing. So but... we're
1: going to do one fan topic. Um, We're going to save the next one for next week. So Sorry if yours wasn't read. Uh, but this one is from Tyler. And Tyler asks, Who is Link's true love? Is it Zelda in every game? Does it change in each one? Does he even have one? Thanks, Tyler, for asking your question. Uh, it's
3: Midna and her fat butt. <laughs> <laughs> what? Colin. Good night,
0: everybody! Colin, this is a children's hey, show. Um, <laughs> now, I, not to get all Tumblr on, on you guys, but I think I have a good answer to this. Oh, oh
2: no. Groose? Groose? Is a Groose? Is it Groose? It Maybe it's Groose? Like Maybe it's Groose. I think it's Groose. It's <laughs> Groose. <laughs> I honestly want to say that Link is,
0: could pretty much be asexual.
2: Yeah, yeah that's pretty much it.
0: I mean, honestly, I don't think he has any, necessarily, like, attraction. I just think he likes to do what he does, and he just does it, you know? You know, I mean, I think
2: he's like, he's been he's like, mostly five in, like, a good chunk of the games he's like right. seven or eight and then yeah, like so
0: he doesn't even have an understanding of sexuality in, in
2: in like the ocarina games he's just like turned seventeen like right after mm-hmm. being eight so he still has the he's... mentality of a child so he, I'm pretty a... sure he's just like ill mm-hmm. girls are icky you know i mean I... the
1: the girls that he does have relationships with if you call like if you want like just to use a general term um are his Sare, which is like his friend uh Malin, who's a friend uh someone who's he's interested in not really in like an intimate sort of way like a love sort of way um zelda who he's fascinated by um like he just like looks at her with wonder Th- does that mean I love? Think... not necessarily um and if you go by canon it's not necessarily that the hero was in love with the goddess it was the goddess was that was in love with the hero
3: it I, was i think you gone. could say mm, sorry I think going back to Ocarina of Time, he is, he is constantly hit on by like three characters in the game. And um, he doesn't know what he That is Rudo, that mm-hmm. is Nabru, and that is Darunia. Um, But, uh... He's not having none of that. He's very attractive, but he, he doesn't I mean, understand in, uh, how attractive he is.
2: I mean, Helen, uh... In in Zelda 2, the, the, you know, the fan favorite... Oh, uh, uh, he goes to a He, he yeah, supposedly, <laughs> like, gets his dingle wet um, I mean, I, talking about Twilight Princess HD, uh, Ilya is, he seems pretty, like, you know, like, hey, it's pretty good to, uh, Ilya. He constantly
3: um, put up, he puts up with Ilya being, like, a spoiled brat all the time. I think you there's gotta, you gotta, gotta be you some kind of interest there. make your horse there.
2: not feel too <laughs> bad. Don't injure your horse. <laughs> but... No I think do that. the
1: only confirmed thing in Twilight uh in, in Zelda is that the goddess or Zelda is in love with the hero.
3: I think solely like, it's canon in Skyward Sword. They're they're driving that love interest home.
1: That one is that one's probably the only one where it's like that Link is definitely in love that with Zelda. That is full
3: on romance.
1: Yeah, no, and it's sweet. It's actually really nice to see. And I think that was why people liked Skyward Sword so much is that we had this sort of Actual intimate relationship going on. It wasn't just like oh they just kind of knew each other. Um, you actually got to see that, and it was that was like the first reincarnation, so it makes sense that that would be the strongest attachment or the most obvious one. Yeah, uh, I mean maybe like, we'll Zelda... see that again.
2: I'm sorry. Because it, it, like it just like occurred to me now that like it, pretty much in every game I think except maybe Zelda 2, like Link's just like a kid up to Ocarina. <laughs> And even then, he's still kind of a kid. Yeah. I, think in like,
3: I think Twilight so, yeah. Princess and Skyward Sword are the only okay. games where he's full-blown adult.
2: So, yeah. yeah. So so there you go. Yeah. True love, adult Link. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but in, in Twilight Princess, he's owned by uh, Midna, so he doesn't really get a oh, say. Yeah, no, really gotta say.
2: You know. Got, gotta um,
1: get them hips, though. Slaves don't really get it. Yeah. Doesn't she call him a slave literally?
2: She's, yeah, she's like, "Oh, my little wolf boy." Like, my you're little, you yeah, you're gonna be my slave from now on. <laughs> that's
1: that's some like, like that actually makes me feel a little uncomfortable when she says stuff like that. I was like, <laughs> uh, people like this girl." Why? Um,
2: she gets, anyway. She, she has character
3: think, development. She gets a little better later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right,
1: uh, she
2: stops being obnoxious halfway through the game. Yes. I think... But then you get to Mola Mart, and then it just starts getting obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> Mola? <laughs> Alright. By the way, I just want to... Yeah, it's Mola. Isn't it Malin? No, no. Ma- Malo. Yeah, Ma- Mal-O, Mal-O. Malo. There so, we go. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I just want to mention that, that the, the Mallow Mart uh, song has been playing on... Uh... <laughs> On the eShop this week Mm -hmm. for Twilight Princess HD, and it's been so long since I've played Twilight Princess, I genuinely thought it was a Splatoon song. Oh my And now hearing it again, if you added like the Squid voice filter to that song, it would sound like a Splatoon song. Maybe (laughs) added some more like guitars. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) there you go. Um,
1: But all right, I think that's about it for this week. Uh, That's all I really have time for. I want to thank you guys for joining me. It was a lot of fun. It was a very fast episode, feels like. It yeah. kind of whizzed by. Uh, well, I mean,
2: 35,000% of it was the Coleco <laughs> Chameleon. Actually, <laughs> so. no, we only
1: got to that like about like 30. Yeah, minutes true. In. Like, yeah, we, we had a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, there's a few things that we didn't get to talk about this week. Uh, there were some DuckTales reboot is actually coming out and it looks really good uh we didn't talk seen. about
2: my windows noises we didn't talk about that
1: but uh if you stick around after the credits uh or the, the outro theme you can hear us maybe talk about that who knows maybe no. we'll talk about it
2: uh we really don't need to. there was a,
1: a fifa scandal like a like an ea sports like uh character was originally in the game but then he was pulled out for some like legal reasons uh read that down below it's a little bit sensitive not something I really wanted to mention on the episode, but I thought it was interesting enough, and I think it kind of fits this whole week of scandals um, that we seem to be having as a theme. Also, Overwatch is getting a May 24th release, But uh, other than that, I've been Adam, Chris, Matt, uh, Colin. Thank you guys so much for joining me. If you guys have any of your own fan topics, theme song submissions covered, or anything like that, feel free to send those to us at zeldinformerpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's zeldinformerpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow all of us on Twitter... You can follow myself, Colin, and some of the others on YouTube, which are all down below. And feel free to watch our Twitch streams. Uh, They're a lot of fun. I'm usually with Colin. Uh, If I'm not, he gets mad. Uh, (laughs) But other than that... Oh, Oh, no. uh, We'll see you guys next week.
2: Bye. 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 I I don't have a story. What, about windows noises? It's literally nothing.
1: Watch out.